Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Night, callers. <laughs> Callers Bigfoot Radio. It's April 22nd, 2020, and you're here with your hosts, Lauren Smith and Dustin Clark. How are you doing tonight, Dustin? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm doing fabulous. I am home with my kiddos now and um, quarantining and living life. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not going to lie. How are you doing? It's every day for you, huh? Yeah, every day for me. Today got spiced up a little bit because I uh, woke up and somebody had uh, ran over my mailbox. So I had to go and get a new one. And uh, since it rained all day, I Fill it with concrete. working on it. But, yeah, no, I've, I've got a pretty thick steel pipe that I'm going to put down into it. And uh, I'm going to concrete the hell out of it. So next time... It's going to hurt their car, their vehicle a little bit more. Hopefully, it'll just stop it in the tracks or just rip the whole finger off. Yeah. That's my goal. I hope so. Yeah, no kidding. I feel like you should put, like, wood around the pipe so they think it's, like, a wood, um, wood holding it up. And then when they hit it, they'll be really excited and surprised because it's going to trash their vehicle. I didn't know people still did that. <laughs> Like, well, I'm, I'm, um, I, I hate, I hate that it happens, but also I'm kind of proud because I didn't think kids were that resourceful. You know, if it doesn't involve technology, I didn't know they knew how to do that. <laughs> no, they didn't hit it with a baseball bat. They hit it with a car. Um, I, I'm giving way. them the benefit of the doubt because part of the the tire tracks, it looks like they tried to stop. And I live on a gravel road, and I think they were probably coming down the road a little too fast and it was roughly I, I'm guessing when all the thunderstorms were coming through last night and I think they might have just lost control or couldn't see the road and tried to stop and it was just too late because there there was a spot to where, or a couple of spots where it looked like they were trying to stop but they were just going too fast so but they'll regret it next time <laughs> All right. Well, any uh, Bigfoot-related news in your world? 
Yes. Um, part of uh, our uh, guest tonight is part of the news. Uh, my group, we uh, some of a couple of the guys went out to our area where we've been finding tracks for the last three years and ended up finding um, six more tracks of the 16-inch uh, Bigfoot that we've been uh, getting tracks of the last three years. Only three of them were castable, but uh, those three were pretty nice ones. So uh, that's the only news I got. Do you have any good Bigfoot news? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> or no. <laughs> I really don't. I, um, I have seriously just been quarantining in my house. I haven't been doing anything else. So, um, no. But, yeah. Our guest tonight, like Dustin says, has a ton of, um, stuff to talk about with us. So let's go ahead and bring him on. How are you doing tonight, Michael Waldy? Hey, y'all. I'm doing good. Hey. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Sure. Good deal. We are glad to have you on tonight. Uh, we're looking forward to a great show. I went ahead and scheduled it 90 minutes because I know you like to talk, which means you're going to prove me wrong and not say anything probably this entire show. But um, More than likely, so we need 30 seconds into it and you're laughing at me. we're not laughing at you um we're laughing at your little fan group over here in my office with me oh Oh, that one so adam yeah adam is michael waldy's biggest fan he um they hung out together at the falcon monster camp out and i think that adam is um such a big fan of Michael Waldy because Michael Waldy's a, a big kid himself. So, <laughs> oh, wait. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so we uh, first met Michael Waldy back in when? When was that? November. Does that sound right? Honobi, Oklahoma. October. October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Honobi, oh, yeah. yeah. So we met. <laughs> we met Michael. Well, he didn't really talk to me then. I think he was scared of me, so I didn't really get to talk to him much, you know. We're, I can be intimidating. I know, Michael. It's okay. We did. What are you talking about? Yep. We, went out, we went out to Boston. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. do remember that. He um, did talk. He was, like, scared of the empty well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, honestly, it's an empty well in the middle of the woods. And Michael Waldy kept saying stuff about something crawling out the well. Listen. The yeah, the ring girl. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Anyways, and then we did our group group call. Y'all did the group call. It was amazing. <laughs> Called up a coyote and yeah. an owl. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, so we first met Michael then, and we have been on quite a few outings with Michael now, and we just really enjoy researching with him. Um, Michael is our tech guy. He comes up with these amazing combinations of his tech um, and uses them in the field, and he's 
really using that to further the Bigfoot research through that avenue. And so we'll be getting into that tonight. First and foremost, Michael, let's just go ahead and what got you started on this topic? The Bigfoot topic. Actually, you know, back, Bass back fishing. when you used to surf web, you know, you didn't just mm-hmm. get on and Google stuff, you surfed the web. So that's what got me, uh, got Bigfoot in my vocabulary. The Texas Bigfoot Research Center sightings map. And I just happened to be just like running around on there, clicking on, there wasn't that much back then. And I just noticed that there was an area I was looking in East Texas and it was smack in the middle of two incidents I had. Uh, one was uh, in 91 in a little town called Payson. And the other one was in, in 95. It was like six miles over as a crow flies. And right in the middle of them on 259 was a siding back around that area. But that's that's what got me uh, into the research. You want to hear about them? Yes. Oh well, yeah. Well, it didn't take long to go to sleep, did it? Bored that fast. <laughs> Listen, so, you promised me you were going to come yeah. on and talk about bass fishing, and here you are talking about Bigfoot. Like, threw me for a loop, man. Well, it'll get to bass fishing. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. So, hey, you know, ranching, farming, stuff like that, I've been around, you know, wildlife, and uh, uh, I'm I'm, I'm all right out in the woods, and, uh, but I do like to be scared, and we happen to be uh, uh, out in the woods in, in Dangerfield, that was in 95 or 94. And I had convinced everybody that let's go do the nature walk with no flashlights. It had no moon out. And when we got to the trailhead, I said, uh, I said, if you hear crunching, you're off the path. If you don't hear crunch, you're on the path. Because you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And we was probably a, a mile around in it. And, and then I noticed that there was this crunching. And... Uh, I brought it to everybody's attention, and everybody, when we, you know, stopped, it took two more steps. And, uh, you know, of course, that's got everybody, you know, kind of freaked out a little bit. And, I mean, because the fact that it stopped and was, like, quiet. And we went through this process and did this three times, and three times this thing took two more steps. In my mind, I'm thinking there's an old pervert out there hearing these girls scream. So... I was going to run them off, and I so I just run in that direction, probably about ten feet, because they didn't want to hit a tree. And I, I stopped because whatever this was, when it took off, you can't see my hands right now, but there's like fast motion. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it tore up. It wasn't little stuff like brush being pushed over. You heard like big tree cracks when it took off. And I wrote that up as I didn't know what that was, you know to be, you know, PG. I didn't know what that was. And now, mm-hmm. back four years earlier in 91, I'm going backwards. It's it just got to be that way. So back in 91, I was in a case on. And uh, we'd been building fence and deer hunting. And uh, I sat there 
at the edge of the tree line, we sat there uh, at a campfire, and we just sleep in a lawn chair. You know, it was pretty rugged. And uh, it was, I don't know, late, late, late at night, midnight. And I heard a vocalization that I thought sounded, I compare it to like what the Incredible Hulk sounds like. And it had to sound off for probably one big holler for maybe six or seven seconds, somewhere around there. And uh, and it was, you could tell whatever it was had lungs, had torso. It was big. Mind you, Bigfoot is not in my vocabulary. I don't know what this is. I even asked him after it finished, and it took a couple of seconds for me to ask. I was like, what the is that? And uh, the guy that was there was eight years my senior. He didn't know what it was. And um, about an hour later, we hear something coming through the woods, and we've got the the mag light shined on it, and he's got the rifle. It's getting so loud, and he starts shaking really bad. He can't even hold the rifle still. I told him, I said, man, hold that gun still. He said, I can't keep my knees from shaking and hands me the rifle. So it turned out to be an armadillo rooting around, but still the vocalization, it put him in that mode. Are y'all still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're listening. <laughs> okay. Just checking. Is there a delay? No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's the thing about this live show that people don't understand is that there is a delay. So whenever I start talking, you don't know that I've started talking yet. You start talking, we end up running all over each other. That's why that happens. But a lot of people don't understand that the one crappy thing about having a live show is we do interrupt each other. It's not on purpose. It's not because we're trying to be rude. There is a lag. So continue. And just for all you out there, I got that answer for you. Yes. Thank you, Michael Waldy. Uh, you've done your job. Have a great night, sir. Bye. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you, you can put that song on repeat for 80 minutes. So, mm-hmm, uh, pretty much. Yeah, so that, that's what got me into it. Well, the, the sightings map. Because them two incidents, mind you, I knew it wasn't nothing that fit anything that I knew, and nor the guy that was with me. It was just one of them moments that you just ride up as, what the hell? And, um, yeah, it was in 04. I seen that. Seen that, that Craig Wool Eater, uh, Luke Gross group, you know. Uh, that was crazy. No, Luke Gross, was he in? I think Luke Gross was at Texas Bigfoot Research uh, mm-hmm. Conference. That's what I think he was. I don't know if he was on that research center. But either way, that was it. And, uh, yeah, armchair research, I'm sure, like a lot of do. And I think it was probably 2009 when uh, I started getting into the field. And back then, you know, there wasn't much... uh, um, There wasn't much of of a community... But there was a whole lot of hoaxing that was, you know, seems to be all over everything. And it kind of scared me away from getting involved with the community. It was, uh, you know, back in the Rick Dyer and, you know, Tom Biscardi. They were mm-hmm. making a lot of noise. And so I just did my own thing. Not involved with the community is not very smart either because you learn a lot from the community. 
And uh, I just I just stomped around LaFleur County. didn't matter where I was. I always went to LaFleur County. And I had everything happen there from rock clack to, you know, uh, tree knocks and um, the walking around your tent, all the great stuff that, you know, comes with squatching. Next question. <laughs> really? Uh, go ahead, Dustin. I know you have questions. I know you have questions. <laughs> well, I was going to hit the hard-hitting questions real quick. Um, what do you think Bigfoot is, Michael? Man, I, I think it's just another primate surviving in the woods. I mean, I don't think it close. I don't think it, you know, is uh, anything paranormal. I think it's just life, bug, real living, breeding um, in its own element with its own intelligence out there. I think that's what it is. And uh, why do you research? Do you do it for yourself? Do you do it for to get the topic out there, try to prove it? Well, you know, I think there's two kinds, uh, and I've, I've, anybody that knows me has heard me say it. I think there's two kinds of uh, people out here in the community. There's the, the hard, well, I say three, but I won't mention the third. And there's the, you know, hardcore data collectors and then the extreme hobbyists. And I'm more or less on the extreme hobbyist side. You know, it's like bass fishing. We want to get out here and collect some trophies, something to uh, – show when we go to these conferences and, uh, you know, show each other, not necessarily up on stage, but just like we do, we you know, share. So mm. that's that's what I'm doing. I'm out for the fear. You know, it's like it's like going to Six Flags without the seatbelt. Okay. That's, that's a good answer. Um, so how has your – how has your opinion of of what they are, has your opinion changed from when you started this research to now? Has your opinion changed on what you think they are or why you're doing this? My opinion, honestly, hasn't changed. My opinion is it's still been the same all the way from the beginning, but here's where it's difficult. You need to keep it that the same, you know, once you start going down all these other avenues, you know, uh, yeah, then, but no, my opinion's not changing. It'll, it'll stay just, I mean, I know Dustin, you go, you go deer hunting, um, since you started deer hunting, has that deer changed any to you? I mean, it's been elusive. No, they haven't changed at all. I mean, but how, like, okay, let's say, yeah, so you feel like, you know, they're just another primate in the woods, a flesh-and-blood creature doing their thing. Um, having a face-to-face sighting, do you feel that that might change your opinion of them, your respect level? Um, do you think it might make you fear them? I guess it just depends if it's an aggressive sighting or not, but um, that's what I meant by, you know, would it change? Well, I I think now we're going to start, you know, inching into the next subject. But, yes, I mm-hmm. I think that it might change. I'm pretty sure it's going to change my outlook 
on how I go about mm-hmm. things because I, I tend to push the envelope, you know, hoping for that kind of encounter, whether, well, I hope it's not aggressive. And matter of fact, I'd love to picture it as being an interactive encounter. But uh, mm-hmm. as any of y'all, you know, I'm pretty sure you know that I've been doing the, like the solo night hike. I love the heck out of that. It's, it's you know, the mm-hmm. fear levels, it's, I mean, it's it's right there at the top. You can, you can feel your heart pounding when you're out there by yourself and, you know, and you're, and you're hiking, you know, it, well, actually, aggressive areas, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I know it's going to probably change. I hope that I, you know, I picture in my mind that I can, I can, you know, maintain a level of cool. Um, mm. But there's no telling. I haven't had, never had my class A. Yeah. Um, you said it's going to take us into the next topic. Do you want to lead us into the next topic? Chartreuse spinnerbait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that was for weeks. You and that chartreuse. No. I'm so proud of you for knowing what that is. I really am. You and Stephen, that is just amazing to me. Because <laughs> um, if not, I have another question from a listener. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so, all right. Listen, Michael. Shh. Linda. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that for Mary. Michael Waldy. Time for the adults to talk. Hold on. All right. So, our listener wants to know what is Michael's most successful research tool? Now, having asked that, I know it's going to change tomorrow because that's how you are. You find a new research tool every day that you like. But what is your favorite research tool? <laughs> date to use well actually I'm 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 really stuck right now because do I have a problem yeah (laughs) I guess I do it's that many different stuff all the time isn't it uh-huh, a little bit, but that's okay. That's why we love you. <laughs> you have tech ADD really bad. It's like he will Marco us and be like, hey, I got this awesome recorder. And the next day he's like, I sold that recorder and I have this awesome camera. And we're like, what? What? Yes. Yeah, so. Is, is this saying. a podcast or a support group? <laughs> uh, it's a roast. It's a roast, Michael. You signed up for this. <laughs> okay, maybe you're better off quiet. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what is your favorite research tool to date? My favorite would have to be the audio recorder. Um, it's the least expensive and most effective. Uh, you know, and and I I typically you know, would like to drop in multiple locations, just, you know, never the same area twice and, you know, just to kind of get a feel for the areas. But now, now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it uh, where I concentrate one area 
and you know just give it 24 hour surveillance audio surveillance and there's you know there's uh another you know element to this and that's the fact that i am coming down and and coming into the area uh so repeatedly that if anything is out there which you know we all feel eyes in the woods in this particular you know area i've been doing this in here lately you almost start your, you know, like breathing exercise as you're coming through the gates at night. And that's just doing the audio swap. Um, you know, I could do it in the daytime. That's no fun. Uh, so I I think that um, I'm trying to make uh, whatever's out there familiar with me desensitize and uh, and then do, you know, some night hogs while I'm out and around through there. So hopefully something... Uh, you never know. May just uh, may want to make an appearance, and I know it's done some some funny stuff with my audio recorder, alleged, mm-hmm. you know, allegedly. There's just been some crazy stuff going on. What are some of the things that have happened uh, with your audio since you've been doing the drops? Well, um, let's see. <clears throat> Inside, you know. When I started concentrating on one area, nothing ever happened to my audio recorders when I when I dropped them around all over the place. But when I uh, I started repeatedly dropping the audio in in one spot, and my I'm real I'm real mindful of who's around and, and which of there never is. And uh, as a matter of fact, I had. Uh, I had taken uh, Bigfoot Mary down to uh, Stalker's Draw uh, just to show her how, if anybody, you know, was around, I would know it because there is, it's, it's, it's down there, it's, it's squatchy, it's, it's spooky, and, well, it's everything you want in a, you know, (laughs) a squatch area. So, Anyhow, so what I had happened is uh, I started taking my recorder to an area that that had this draw that came in. There's like two little fields, but this draw came in through the middle of it toward the road. And uh, in my mind, I thought, well, this is a, a shortcut. Instead of going all the way down and following the, the deep woods around, if you wanted a shortcut, you could follow this draw cross over that road and into the woods on the other side. And uh, I started, you know, sticking my recorder in there. And as I did, you know, uh, I I get hogs, I get, you know, grazing, I get, you know, a little bit of everything going on there. Not really anything Bigfoot related, just, you know, the natural wildlife. And, um, but there was uh, the, when it, the, Incidents with the recorder started happening, and I mean the recorder itself, um, which that was another thing. I took Bigfoot uh, Mary down in the draw to show her how I had this recorder, you know, placed that, you know, it's close to the bottom where hogs would be, you know, you know, running around in there, but they couldn't get to my recorder. So, and the reason I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture is because. I had come down in there, and I was doing, you know, a little live stream, and I uh, just going in, you know, doing the audio swap, just to 
little small entertainment for somebody sitting on the couch, and I'm doing this every night anyhow. So, and the night that I came in there, and I and I went to grab my recorder, and it was it was smashed, smashed down, you know, flat, but not like you know uh, muddy. It was smashed into the dirt, uncovered, and that recorder never worked again. You know, and these are really durable recorders. So, all right, really, you know, really suspect of what's what's going on here. Don't know, but that was unusual. And, um, and mind you, this is nobody's. I mean, I'm not saying this place doesn't get it, you know, uh, occasional person or something, but usually not in this spot and definitely not where I put my recorder. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. I do, I've do. i been doing the recordings and not getting anything yet out of there. Uh, just the coyotes with the locator calls and you know, the barred owls. And, but so here, here it comes. I'm doing a live stream on a, a few nights later. Not real far later, just a few nights later. So the attention has now been, you know, I guess something knows my recorders are what? I don't know. Not going to say it was a squat or what, but this is just the chain of events. So I hike down in there and I'm on live stream, and uh, I get over there and I, I, you know, I get to the where the, I put that recorder at and it is gone, nowhere. Uh, I've always hiding my recorders. I sit them at the base of a tree, prop them up at an angle, and I throw uh, a lot of leaves on them. And this was no leaves. It was gone. And, I mean, just gone. Now, that's upsetting because that's actually my third recorder. (laughs) So I've got to now stop my audio recording. And at this point, I had recorded that particular area for close to, I think I was around 60 days, you know, right around uh, nonstop. But about... uh, about four months' worth of recording down there in that one area. And now this is uh, this area has a long history. It has uh, a guy that came up missing the year before, just walking up. There's a railroad track cutting through him. Um, he went to cut across the field, and the girlfriend didn't want to cut across. She went up to the crossroads, went over to the house, and he just he never made it. They looked for six weeks, gone. And... You know, I doesn't tie it to, you know, Bigfoot. I'm just saying that that right there <clears throat> is some of the history to the area. Now, as far as uh, squatch related go, there's been uh, uh, bluff charge, rock thrown, uh, you know, ushered out. And these are researchers we all know. But this is uh, some people with, uh, you know, uh, solid intel people I trust with, you know, their encounters. So this, this area is a, is a really, um, it goes on for maybe three miles with the bottoms and, uh, river bottoms and, you know, little tributaries. So now I had decided that, uh, I got me a new recorder and I had taken it down there and, and when I had pulled up, uh, this, 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 uh, 
oh no, this was before the one from up missing. Because I was doing the swaps then. I got my story. I got this this the major part of it out of the, out of timeline. Yes. <laughs> so I'd pulled up when I got yeah. So when I got up when I when I had originally called this place Stalker's Jaw, okay, that was when I still had the two recorders. Uh, but how it got the name was, I had pulled up, and this is oh, man, I'm I'm having a light shine on this subject right now. This is probably when <laughs> something figured out. I had a recorder there because. I had pulled up there, and when I before I killed the truck, I heard something moving in that draw between me and my truck. And at the same time, in front of me to the right, which is a row of trees between the railroad tracks and uh, where I'm at, and uh, I had, you know, just figured it was hogs or what have you, but still to be safe, I called, uh, I called, you know, Bigfoot Mary, and told her, hey, um, you should hear back from me in probably about five minutes. I said, something is moving between me and uh, my recorder. And so I got off the phone with her, and I get out of the truck, do my little, you know, state the date and time, and, and I walk in there, and I swap the recorder out, go back, get in the truck, and drive about 300 yards to my U-turn and come back out slow, and I'm shining my light, you know, to that tree line by the railroad, seeing if anything's moving around that way, and then on my way out. When I go back and I pick up that recorder and do a swap again, and I reviewed that audio, it told a different story. So when I reviewed that audio, I had killed my trucks, and, you know, everything went quiet. That recorder showed it just went quiet and you know I had I had walked down in there dropped the recorder covered it up got back in my truck and the second I get in my truck and shut the door it starts moving and not just a little bit for about 10 seconds and then when I drive down and do my turnaround it had been quiet the whole time and when I'm coming back it did a scramble, and you hear it run. I mean, like a bipedal action, and it was, it was big impact, like boom, 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 and it stopped right by my recorder. That's where, when I reviewed that audio, I started calling it Stalker's Draw. That, as I said, it shined a light on it. That was when the recorder started getting messed with. Right after that. Hmm. Um, Is that a question? No, that that was uh, your little light bulb moment. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Did y'all see the light? Um, <laughs> I smell smoke <laughs> from here, but um, <laughs> um, we have another question from the chat. Um, she wants to know, do you gift at the recorder location, or do you do any calls before you leave? Yes. Yes, I, I gift. I gave them two recorders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the junk pile is, I feel like you couldn't 
another piece of trash might be a gift. Actually, I will say Michael actually cleans up his location. He takes a bag of trash out with him. So if that's a gift, I would consider that a gift, you cleaning up, you know, the trash that humans leave behind. So. Well, actually, that was at a different location. That was a cemetery. I tried to come in from a different way, and it was a cemetery from the 1800s. Mm -hmm. I just seen it was dirty and felt like, you know, I should, you know, I had a bag on me, you know, just for camping. So I got out and just picked up, uh, you know, couple trash bags. Well, it cleaned all the trash out of it. Hey, you know, good dude. Aww, they got a shelf. You're such a softy. <laughs> they got a shelf life. One day you'll find yourself stranded and think, damn, been a while. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so the trash pile, I have a- that had a lot of stuff going on, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, once again, they're just, they're just Weird vocalizations, uh, you know, low low light growls or or the thrashing around or, but the the weirdest one I think out of the, and I say junk pile from Stalker's draw, it's probably four hundred yards away, uh, but still the same area, uh, the right you know close to the railroad tracks, and the. The, I, the the freakiest you know recording to date was when I had that recorder uh, hidden behind a tree full of briars that I couldn't even see the recorder. You know, I I reached my hand behind that tree, you know, leaning in with one arm to be able to get it. It's that hidden, and it was probably I don't know why it is, but the best stuff on my recorder is between like. 3 and 4 a.m. And, um, mm-hmm. but just out of out of nowhere, all of a sudden you hear this <laughs> on my recorder. It's like, what? And, uh, it was like 20 seconds later, you hear this, Oop. and, you know, that, you know, it's nothing big, but that was still kind of, well, a little, little, little freaky. That's and terrifying. <laughs> Makes you want to go hiking, doesn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it did move. No, it, it no, it doesn't um, at all. Actually, um, without giving away your research area, where's the most active research area that you've researched? Hmm. hmm. I'm going to have to say LaFleur County. Really? Yeah, LaFleur County, and, Oklahoma. And why? <laughs> That's, I had spent most of my, uh, you know, the 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 years before when I, you know, there was a level of, uh, of getting to where I am by, you know, and I, it is not safe to be out there just hiking by yourself at all, you know. And and I know this, but I don't know if it's a Gemini in me or, you know, what. But I started uh, back then, I, I wasn't that great at it. Stuff made me freeze and freak out. And, uh, and, and, I, and I wasn't educated as far as research goes. And, you know, I just, man, I'd get a tree knock and I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, I thought everybody got that stuff. 
you know, Rock Clack kind of was like, well, it's not close enough. I'd get in a truck and drive a little closer. <laughs> I, I guess I thought I was going to drive up or walk up on my siding, you know, by doing tree knocks and rock clacks. But no matter what, every weekend something happened in the floor County. And uh, I, I've had, uh, you know, the wait till you go to bed and, and then walking around your tent, you know. Uh, didn't see them. Sure felt like, you know, it was something other than armadillo. But LaFleur County was always, always good. Loved it. Plenty of them, plenty of them old fire lanes to, you know, you spend a whole night running fire lanes. Mm-hmm. Good deal. That was um, a big delight. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is more or less activity during the full moon, or have you noticed more or less activity during any other phase? Well, you know, I I, I think that the full moon, and I know this because I, I used to hunt coyotes. Uh, if there was a half moon of bear, I was out hunting coyotes on the ranch. And I mean, uh, almost every, for 10 years, I don't think I missed a full moon for sure hunting coyotes. And, um, but I do know that when you've got uh, a good amount of moon, it doesn't have to be a full moon. If you've got a good enough amount of moon out there that wildlife can see, the ecosystem is at work all the way down. You know, everything's out there. It's noisy. The ambient sound is loud. You know, uh, so, yeah, I think I think that the activity is there, but it's harder to tell because of that. All, everything's out, the ambient noise, the crickets, everything's just so loud. But on that new moon, when you can't see your hand in front of your face, I think that's when that we get a little more, you know, uh, stuff that we notice. You catch uh, the vocalizations from further away. You can, your voice mm-hmm. travels further away. So, you know, whether the wind dry, drowns you out, you know, uh, on other nights, when it's new moon, and I should say less than a five-mile-an-hour wind, that's ideal. You can't, I mean, that's like that's like heading out to the lake on glass. It's, when you when you go squatching with a new moon, less than a five-mile-an-hour wind, that's, that's your glass. Well, now that we're on to fishing again, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. So you mentioned the coyotes and the Bigfoot. Um, do you think that coyotes and Bigfoot vocalize together intentionally? Because I don't know about you, but I've just heard so many recordings and live have heard them vocalize together. I have, and during my time uh, that I spent in LaFleur County and not involved with the community, you know, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, um, how do you say, I guess, uh, booger smart, squat smart. I just I just knew from armchair research, you know, kind of basics. And, and I did know when I was out there that I'm, you know, and I, I ranched some of the biggest ranches and, and ran them. And uh, I'm familiar with the, these cows and stuff. And I did notice in there, and it happens to be, um, the closer closer to Mina uh, 
or Arkansas, you know, uh, in LaFleur County, just right there closer to the border, that there was a a air raid vocal that was always there. And, and whenever it went off, and for a long time, I just kept trying to find that one vocal and, you know, uh, but that air raid vocal always set off the coyotes. Then, yes, I, I really uh, that one was uh, real to me. Since then, I you know, I don't I haven't heard the air raid so much as I just hear locator calls it, but that's not what I heard over in that particular area. But then locator calls, you know, can can you know, a lot of people identify them as you know they think it's a a squatch call, but before them coyotes start all their yipping and stuff like that, there'll be that one one lone hauler and, you know, that's the one that gets misidentified sometimes. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that uh, I don't know if they run, you know, like, you know, buddies or not. I bet you they scavenge, you know. I, I can, I can, I can mm-hmm. see that, maybe. But I don't correlate the two. I think they're interesting to hear when you're out there at night. Because nothing else is going mm-hmm. on. I think that Bigfoot just hunts alone. True. Okay. Um, even though you have not had a Class A sighting, what leads you to believe that they exist? I did back in one of my night hikes, uh, and I was closer to Tallahena, uh Matter of fact, I'll tell you, I was in Tallahena State Park, and I had, uh, you started using GPS, uh, handheld GPS, because I was finding myself uh, at night just just walking. I wasn't following trails. I was just randomly following cricks and cracks and stuff in the woods, and then I would be like, can't find my way back to the truck. So I started using the handheld GPS. And that was the first place I used it. And uh, I had gotten off, uh, and it was a, a, a full moon. And the, now whenever I went to LaFleur County, there I always made sure that the winds were five mile an hour or less, just for the fact that them wind, that wind coming through them trees any, you know, faster than that sound like a jet. So... That that takes away from a good weekend, you know, having that wind. So I got out there and was hiking, and it was there was nothing, you know, I can say that was above five mile an hour. I don't remember, but I do remember hiking and seeing a huge shadow in my peripheral, not direct vision, moving. And when I turned to look that way, it never moved again, and I didn't breathe either. And I and this is where I was still green at doing this night hike stuff, you know, and feel that fear overwhelming. And But I froze. I couldn't breathe, and I didn't even blink because something over this way moved, and it locked me on it, and I, I just I stuck there for a little bit. And the me now would have investigated. The me then was making sure nothing was there so I can get out of here, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, back to the, what makes me believe uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film. And, by the way, I stand with Bob. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, 
the stuff, the markers that that can, you know, just like I said, the air raid uh, uh, vocalization. The and I know this is this is what what got me into it was the things that I said that happened in ninety one and ninety five were so tremendous that that right there belonged to something that that we don't have. I mean, I couldn't picture uh, anything with a with the deep, deep. I mean, the incredible Hulk sound, and it that's just something I didn't point out. That vocalization. It, it sounded like an Incredible Hulk had to be over a mile away. And, I mean, it just carried. Um, and it left our camp quiet, me and the other guy. And he's, he's not scared of nothing. He's one shaking gun later, just scared to death. But, yeah, so that that and what tore up them tree, trees that, that night in Dangerfield, that wasn't nothing normal. Man, that, that broke big stuff. Um, that right there... The only thing that could possibly be, you know, doing either one of them would be the folklore of Bigfoot. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just nothing else that could have been. And as my research started going, then, you know, all these little markers that, just like everybody shoots for, you know, the wood knots, the rock plaques, all that stuff was happening. And I was in some pretty remote areas. Can't guarantee I was just a person there, but. I was getting responses. Um, I got a quick question. Um, what do you think about wood knocks? Because I know, you know, we've got that area uh, it, down at Bison, which is in LaFleur County, and you can walk through the woods for a while, and you can try to pick up every single uh, either deadfall or any branch off of the ground and try to do a wood knock and half the time it just obliterates the the wood because they're or that doesn't make a good knocking sound do you think that you know uh, Bigfoot carry around a particular stick that they find that does good wood knocks or um, do you think it might be possibility that uh, it could be them beating their chest like a gorilla you, you know that. Funny you should say that. I you know, I have thought about that. The the beating the chest. You know maybe. Uh, mm. uh, but me and uh, old Bigfoot Mary, we was out. You know just hiking around this past weekend, and she had picked up a uh, a makeshift uh, hiking stick, and I, and I said, you know, I bet your old Bigfoot's got him a big old uh, hiking stick and. And that's possibly what he's even using the knock with. That's why he, carries, he always has a stick and ready to knock. He's got a walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, I don't. I, it's weird, you know. Uh, I think when when you are in the woods, and maybe maybe you don't get one of, you know, if they're out in pairs or what have you. I think that's when, whenever you do a, a knock, I think that first one gets misinterpreted as, you know, the other primate coming through the woods. They're thinking that maybe they're they're communicating and you got mixed in there and they thought it was the other one. I think that's when you get a response after that. It shuts up. 
you know, oh, mm. damn it, I put the wrong one. <laughs> but uh, I, that's what I, you know, I think they're just like locators, herders, you know. Uh, it is weird, though, I mean, to have that knock. Especially, especially how fast whenever it happens sometimes. You know, when you hit that knock and it's like, it's like they were watching you and and ready to swing and do a knock back. Right. That's why I was wondering, because, I mean, unless they're carrying a stick around all the time, I wonder if there's, you know, because I've heard the videos of gorillas beating on the chest, but, I mean, I wonder if it's possible that, you know, Bigfoot, the wood knocks we hear are actually them, like, just slapping their chest once and making that sound or something something to that effect. Definitely using stuff at their disposal. I mean, just like uh, the Sierra Sound, that's, you know, you hear them in there just banging like, you know, and you can almost picture them as, uh, as you know, how happy chimpanzees and all that jumping around and banging on them. You can just see the, that interaction going on, and they're banging on the rocks over there. Um, I don't know. I, I it's, it's tough to say how they got a stick out of you know that soft pine wood. <laughs> right. And I meant to ask you earlier, uh, how how long were you doing your uh, your audio drop like consistently? Um, consistently. Well, like, were you doing it like consistently for a week, two weeks? A month? Oh, uh, well, I did it, uh, I was doing it, oh, probably once a week, and and then, uh, but that was when I was jumping around, uh, and then I started getting piled up with uh, audio that, you know, I started getting lazy. I was recording but not reviewing here lately, and, and uh, but this area here is when I started focusing on trying to get the the their twenty four hour surveillance and I did that the beginning of the year up until uh i think it was uh what what when, when did we do the foul camp out uh last weekend of february last weekend of february that was the first that was when i uh first missed a day but and it was in that for this year and uh then but before that it was uh i don't know two three times a week and then it, before that it was probably once a week uh uh for a long time long time uh a little bit of everywhere then i wasn't i wasn't focusing on uh one area and it it has you know been a little bit it, yeah, I, I want to say that there's been some kind of vague interaction going on with this audio stuff um, because of what's happening to the recorders, not so much as what's happening on the recorder. Well, besides Stalker's uh, draw audio, and but you know, I had decided when the one came up missing and was gone. Well, bad squats. I'm going to move to a different location because, yes, I gifted that one, I guess. And 
I went about <laughs> 500 yards away, and there's a little lake that, you know, it comes off a little tributary, turns into a lake before, you know, it goes back into a tributary and into the river. Um, I started doing my audio drops down there. I believe I was on a live stream doing an audio swap, uh, and yeah, and that that was like the second night there, and I had the uh, camera fixed as I was setting it up, and I didn't know everybody else could hear it, but I was like, I heard it pop. You heard a big tree knock. And uh, and I looked, and I said, that was a knock. When I got to see the comments, yeah, everybody heard the knock as well. So I had been, you know, maybe located there, subjective. I don't know what's watching me, especially when uh, I was coming down in there and, and walking around on the live stream. And Mary does her little magic with, uh, you know, pictures and does color inversions and finds a mass that was sitting there like, uh, and I didn't even see it. I thought these were, because the spider's eyes were reflecting everywhere, and there's like a mask there, and I'm like, nah, it's Bob Squatch. And then when you look at it, the mask is blocking out the trees behind it, and then when she found another picture of the same area, there's no mask there. So something has, you know, was watching in that area. And now during one of these recordings, uh, recorder uh, swaps I had decided I, I, you know well actually I went to go get the recorder and somebody had parked down there but I still got to do my recorder I don't want to get out of rhythm so I just grabbed my recorder but I didn't want them to see me leave it so I drove to a different spot to go uh, drop it and it was an old tree and it had been pushed down years ago on the side of this little uh, road in the same area, but it's out of sight, out of mind, and up a hill and around a turn from where that was in that, that car that night. And um, they were just parked listening to the radio. And uh, I had taken this recorder, and and I'm probably about, I'm going to say uh, 250 yards maybe away from where uh, down the hill was, Um and I get up there and I take this recorder and I've got it now where it hangs and it's got a little camouflage, you know, case. And I go to this big old tree that's knocked down and I hang this recorder on the back side of that root ball, you know, so it's out of sight, out of mind. Because um, if people wanted to go down and fish, they can drive down there. And it's, I mean, it's like an off road trail to get to it in a steep climb. You could even get stuck. I mean, there's there's times I got a four wheel drive and I didn't go down there, but so it doesn't get you know traffic. I'd say out of uh, since uh, August, I've seen people there like three times, um, so it doesn't get no traffic. And the next night I came and I was looking and I think I was live streaming. Then. I was looking all over for my audio and I couldn't find it. I thought no, I was on the phone. I couldn't find it nowhere. I thought, damn, it's gone again. I checked behind. There's several trees on there from years ago. Those are pushed against the side, you know, to make a road down. And there, it's not there. And I, I get over to the back side of uh, the root balls, gone. Go to get my truck to fix and leave, and, and that damn recorder was actually hanging in plain sight about a 
foot away from where I had hung it, just hanging on a on a root in plain sight. Now, I mean, just weird stuff happening with recorders. But apparently, consistency down there has maybe got me noticed, or maybe got something messing with me, like jokingly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how it chooses to interact. I mean, I'd take that over being roared at. I'd rather be roared at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would. You would. <laughs> um, okay, can we... <laughs> kill me. Can we get back to the technology? I was promised there would be technology. <laughs> Well, I, I, hey, I got my, I got my router going. I got a little portable router. Um, oh, cool! So tell us yeah. about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's it's a lot lighter, remember, than what we had before, uh, Dustin. It's uh, it's no longer fifty <laughs> pounds. <laughs> oh, it's not. No, no, and uh, it's it's got a. a yeah, it's got a little surge protection on it, and I, I use a little mini power, like a like a, a, a deer feeder battery, and and it. I've got a little portable router now. Now there's there's a reason I needed a portable portable router, and it's 4G portable router, so it's Verizon. Um, it's it's uh, one of them unlimited, unthrottled plans, so that way. I can live stream, but the problem is, is the trees, when you get into the woods, you know, the, uh, the foliage will block your signal. And man, if my, if my phone had an antenna, I think it would help. I grabbed this router and, uh, cause it's got antennas and, uh, but it's, that's, that's just a small part of what the big picture is. Uh, I've got now, uh, encoders where it'll bond, uh, up to four providers at the same time to make one solid signal is yet to still be put in play. But as far as the technology, I know what you're talking about is, uh, the thermal goggles. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been waiting this entire time. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I haven't fallen asleep once. Oh, did you have that, uh, playing on there? Is that on the slideshow? No, it wouldn't let me upload the video. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's high resolution. I I for um, a six forty resolution on a thermal is kind of like you know ten eighty. It's uh, and it's got a thirty hertz refresh rate. What it is is uh. It's a uh, thermal camera mounted to a bicycle helmet, and I've got a uh, a battery on it with a reducer, and, you know, the signal goes through a transmitter, and the transmitter transmits the signal to goggles. So basically what it is is thermal goggles so you can uh, – so you can uh, hike in full thermal vision uh, – now you can't navigate trails, but you, I mean uh, obstacles, but you can navigate flatland uh, trails. Uh, 
something that, you know, you ain't got obstacles you'll trip over. And it's, uh, y'all, both of y'all have borne it. And, you know, so you can, you could just mm-hmm. give me your review. <laughs> um, well, I'll give my review first because I wore it longer than Dustin. Um, so mm, I, the fit felt good. Um, it was really light. It wasn't, it didn't feel like I had something heavy on my head and my neck didn't get sore or anything like that. Um, I tried it with the goggles, didn't, I think I would have to try it in a setting, um, probably, you know, a more stable setting, not a rocky area like I was in. Um, the, once I got it on my head and was looking at the, not the goggles, but the actual screen in my hand, that was a lot better. Um, and then after a while, I actually forgot I was wearing it, um, until I started running into branches and then realized that I had a lot of money on my head. And then I got very nervous and I was very well aware of what was on my head. (laughs) I actually told Mary, um, that if I fell to my death to please use my insurance money to pay Michael Waldy back, (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was actually really cool. So at one point, um, everybody had walked down the road, and I was using it. And I hid behind a tree and kind of peeked out at the group. And Michael, I think, was the one that had the the screen. Yeah, he had the screen. Oh, yeah, and you have the video of it. And I peeked around the tree like a Bigfoot would to look down at them on the road. And he saw it on the screen and saw me looking at him. It was pretty cool. Yeah, well, to to fix that gap of, of what's going on, the 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 helmet is basically a transmitter. Uh, the goggles are receiver. There is a handheld or anything that runs on a 5.8 megahertz can can receive this signal. They just got to be on the right channel. So we had a portable monitor that was you know I was able to pass around it with each other. So when she was hiding up in the trees, I had the monitor and I was down the mountainside on the path and we could look at the monitor and try to decipher where she was because where she was looking because she was definitely looking at us we just had to figure out which tree because it was total blackout <laughs> so yeah the mm-hmm. the helmet will uh it'll transmit uh you can it, you can actually get it transmit uh uh, uh pretty far but um even on a low budget, you could transmit maybe 300 yards uh, to a base camp if somebody wanted to hike around, or if a group was hiking around and there's some base that didn't want to, or somebody could just be walking with you and holding the monitor. Um, did you get to wear the, the goggles up there uh, at the Fout camp, Dustin? Uh, not at Fout. No, I wore them when we were out at... Uh, Last chance. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it it's kind of like uh, riding a three wheeler for the first time. You know, you get that little equilibrium because you want to grab yeah. something. Um, once you trust that the camera is center of yourself, that it's no problem. Mm-hmm. You just you know you don't you don't try to do things with your hands. You just trust it's right there, center of you, and you just walk. And I mean, because it's. It's not quite a one-to-one ratio with your eyes, but it's close. So there is a little odd effect, but 
what it is is basically getting uh, you're using one eye and no depth perception because people with one eye don't have a depth perception. So, yeah, that 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 is the the, the goggle effect. And now it, there's there's a whole lot of stuff you could do with that that particular you know flare. And what it is, it's a um, it's a it's a flare view pro. 640, uh, 30 hertz uh, with a 13 millimeter lens. And it's like 11 millimeter is what would be, you know, your eyesight, but I didn't want to go to 9, and I didn't want to go to 19 because that's just way off. But um, <laughs> this, this same thing, I don't know if y'all remember. Uh, oh, did Was y'all at the cabin at Honubby? Did you get to go to the cabin? Nope. Oh, okay. I had this set up. I think yeah, I, I think I had some pictures in the slideshow, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yes, I posted two pictures of that. Okay. Well, the flare is uh, actually. I took a uh, a wall mount uh, for a flat screen, and I ratchet strapped it to one of the trees at the cabin uh, during the Honubi Festival. It's over in the Kaimichi, uh Mountains. We you know all went in on a cabin. And we had that uh, flare set up on a tripod, staring down the mountainside while we sat out there on the on the deck uh, with the 55-inch uh, uh, screen, just seeing all thermal image down the mountainside, which was kind of a crazy uh, uh, event there in the cabin. You know, we had we thought it was uh, uh, acorns falling out of the tree, but it turned out to be you know rocks and you know, we first got up there and was like, there's rocks up here. So uh, me and Logan got up there. We cleaned that rock, that, that cabin roof completely off. We had, uh, let's see, Stephen Hill was there, uh, William Lunsford, and uh, Paul Ragsdale, and Logan Craft, and Bigfoot Mary Bowling. And uh, Brian Hewlett came out, and uh, Renee Woods. Uh, but that was that was crazy. So we're, we're we're out there just you know enjoying the image and you know having a good uh, conference weekend and and during the night you kept hearing. Now mind you, we had cleaned the roof. We kept we kept hearing these acorns fall. When these acorns hit that metal roof on that cabin, you would hear them hit and then do that roll 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 roll, roll off the roof. But then every once in a while you hear either? this hit that it went woo, 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 woo. So <laughs> then you hear this uh every once in a while you hear one that hit that would hit louder and it would go tunk 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 tunk. And it's like we even made uh jokes going, Yeah, we're down here on this end searching and Bigfoot's down there trying to get our attention with rocks on the other end. You know, it's all fun and games until we got up there on the roof and found thirteen rocks up there. On the roof, we had already cleaned off. Oh, mm. I didn't send that picture, did I? Of all the rocks. Mm. Big delay. No, I don't, I don't think I did. It would have had a writ. I don't think you did either. <laughs> so. Nope. Uh, okay. But yeah. Okay. Well, I. We have about 20 minutes left, 19 minutes left. I want to talk about the track. (laughs) 
that that's the grand finale. I thought, okay. <laughs> yeah. It is the, the grand finale. We're there. Showtime. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So this this is a uh, yeah. This is the big thing. Everything you know is is the whole community thing is you know. There is the ones that it seems to be the you know the flyby you know researchers that you know they really don't know the circle that's in the community. There there's the trolls, the haters, and all that stuff. But that circle in the community is like family. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Brian Hewlin put on a uh, and Renee put on the the uh, the love for Tanya. Uh, fundraiser and we all raised money and uh, that that was a good feeling. Even though you know it was, she didn't know about it until later. But she ain't nothing but happy tears or presenting tears at all. And so then they uh, the SBA guys, Southern Bigfoot Alliance guys, put on a uh, a benefit auction immediately following this. You know to raise some more money. Uh, and and it was of items that were donated. And these guys donated, uh, the Southern Bigfoot Alliance, donated a 20-inch original track from the secret Squatch Creek area they'd been researching. So this 20-inch track is like getting bit up, bit up. And I'll tell you who. It was uh, Paul Ragsdale and Stephen Hill. They bid this track all the way up to 200 bucks crazy i mean and and paul ended up winning that bid and i'm like that's that's just nuts and uh and i'm in this back room i had just cleaned out setting it up making me a squatch room you know and steven hill calls me and he says so yeah he said uh oh paul won that uh uh that that cast and i was like wow I said, because I even commented that after $100, I was pretty sure their wives didn't know. And Stephen <laughs> goes, well, me and, me, and, me and Paul had already talked, and he said that uh, he said that me and him had decided that we was going to run it up to $200, and we were going to split it and give you that cast. And I was like, man, are you serious? That I mean, that kind of, that's crazy, you know? <clears throat> so... That's you know I can't even begin to say how that how cool that was to be getting you know the cast that was kind of the envy of the auction, um, but now to even so the whole thing has been pay it for it all the way through, and uh, so Brian tells me he says hey we want to present that cast to you out at Squatch Creek is uh, uh, that good for you and I was like are you kidding. Hell yeah, man, I'm all on for this. And, you know, and honored. So <clears throat> we make a trip over to Squatch Creek, and I wanted to get down there kind of early because if we're going to go, I'd like to, you know, hike around. And, you know, they, so we get there and we meet up. Um, I beat them all there. They, they uh, one coming from uh, up north ways and, and Shane from down south ways. So we get there and they chain them. Shows me the back in his cargo area. He's got these 20-inch tracks back here. That, not the donated ones, just 
you know, the ones he had, and they're just like crazy, crazy big, you know. You don't know until you're looking at that cast how big it is. And um, and then I walk over, and Shane's got it sitting on the back of my truck in a little case. It's got a little toe tag. <laughs> and uh, you can edit that out, you know, that call. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> right after I edit, edit out all these awkward pauses and us stumbling over each other. Yeah. So, so yeah, I get this. I get this uh, uh, twenty-inch gift track, and uh, it's just it's just all crazy, man. So I get this big track, and now I'm you know did a little live video with it, and I'm showed pictures of of stuff that they haven't posted. It's like. Wow, it's like here you are. You you're you're in the secret now. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. And so we went driving around, going uh, to different locations, and where this picture was taken here, and we walked down in these areas and checking this out, and this happened here, and um, you know, and then we we get all the way back, uh, and I don't know if it was the last spot, but like I said, it was the best spot, and we we get out of the truck and. Uh, we start walking down the road, and, and when I stepped up on the bridge, and 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 I, I could see these three little dents, and I was like, "Are those toes?" And like like Shane said, for Mary, it was like we act like it was landmines. We stepped off in the creek, and and bam, there was a second track, then there was a third one, and we was like, "Man, we was fist bumping. We'd be hugging if it wasn't for Corona." Uh, but it was just <laughs> like wild and. Uh, and 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 I, I gotta say this, you know, everything that has happened in the past. I mean, I'm I'm a believer because the Patterson Gimlin field film that was real. That was real. I, you can't. I mean, yeah, maybe there was a time before it was all stabilized and stuff. And it, you know, it didn't really mean much to me. But even before I did research, after they stabilized it, it was real. You know, it was and, uh, to me. And and but everything else I'd had happened to me i i can only describe as it it had to be a bigfoot uh and then the stuff that i was at when i was deliberately looking for to happen you know could have been a bigfoot i believe it was a bigfoot i wanted to be in a big bigfoot because i'm out here doing research so but all of it was subjective but to step off in that creek it was no longer subjective I knew what that print belonged to, and uh, and that's a you can visualize the the I mean the size of this thing and the few steps it took to get from where that bridge was off you know and out of the creek it is just amazing and and I you know I can't I can't um, that feeling I know that you know a class A makes you a knower. But seeing them tracks that detailed, man, you're gonna have a hard time convincing me that I ain't a knower. <laughs> so uh, now there there was a little bit more that happened besides this right here that I you know is not really I don't think has been elaborated on. But the first track was not noticed for I don't know maybe half hour, and and it's because it was so subtle that you know we didn't even see it until we got back up on the bridge and looked down and there's the print 
and you could see it only from up above it. That's when your your attention got on it. And then uh, then we found another one about 30 feet into the trees, just two little divots of the toe, the big toe, the second toe, and a crescent of the heel. Um, in total, so five tracks were found, two perfect for casting. I mean, the first one was, you know, the perfect shape and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's a good day when you've got two casts that you're definitely going to cast, ah, maybe not the other three. You know, that's that's a good day <laughs> when you, you're casting like <laughs> this. And and I also want to say that this little this little step off when when I say I noticed them three toes. Okay, you know it's been said that I I, I noticed it first, but I'm going to guarantee you that two seconds is about all it would have taken, and every person next to me would have seen them three toes. I mean, there was Brian Hewlin, Shane Church, and uh, and Renee Woods, and I guarantee you that I. That was just by happen chance that I even seen them. I mean, hey, I'm a guest in this location, honored to be even, you know, uh, offered, uh, you know, the opportunity to be involved with them over there. And But I don't get no pats on the back. That was just, I mean, honestly, <laughs> them guys right there brought me down there and and put Bigfoot in a different light for me. It re-energized me. I mean, the stuff that I'm doing has been, it's, I'm still energized and, and enjoy doing what I'm doing, but that just, you know, it just put a little more spark into it. And the, and the cast, wow. Everybody's, I've I've had messages from everywhere that are just saying that's one of the best tracks they've ever seen, you know. The, you know, the best track out of the South, best track ever. I've heard all kinds of stuff on it, you know. It's it's, but it is it. It's impressive. I mean, and uh, like one I haven't seen, but you can't argue with what's going on there. That place is mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, yeah, we 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 got a. Uh, I got to say this too, the Southern Bigfoot Alliance. It says it all right there in their last name, Alliance. And, and and now let me almost missed all this. There's there's a little something bigger that happened, and and it started with this 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 benefit, and then it then it was the donation, and then it was the guys that you know had decided to buy this track and then give it to me, and the whole thing just paid it forward all the way to the point that I mean. I immediately called Tanya Knight, and I saw, and I was telling her she was going to be all right because just everything the way it happened was all something else is in play here. Some some higher powers looking over everything that happened out here, and uh, I just felt that had to be passed mm-hmm. on. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely the whole thing kind of took off, and and it was a pay it forward type of thing, and. And um, it really made me very, very, very proud of this, of our community, of the Bigfoot community, because we all pulled together for this one person. And it wasn't about egos. It wasn't about pride. It was about showing love and supporting one of our own. And that just, 
that meant so much to me, her, of course, but it meant a lot to me to see mm-hmm. our community pull together like that. Um, because, you know, there's some things in the community that are not uh-huh. like that, that are not great. So, right. um, so what, what are your plans for the future, Michael Waldy, for the future of your research? Patty cake with Bigfoot. <laughs> awesome. If you could get that on film, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no uh, pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, plans for the future. I have got – I'm wanting to do some live stream, but I want to, you know, expand out mm-hmm. to where – we can live stream the expedition for people that can't really get out there and physically not able to get out and enjoy what we're doing and, and to have it right there happen to them on their phones and their TVs real time. And I'm not talking professional. I'm talking my low budget. I can make this happen uh, for my grandma, for, you know, my mom, my dad, for, you know, the, even the ones that are too scared to get out there, but they can all watch live stream. Uh, that's what the encoder's about. That's what this this uh, this high dollar camcorder was about. So we could put it all on live stream. Um, ultimately, this this setup will also work for the solo hike, so I can go from camera and flip a switch and be thermal goggles all live stream. But uh, yeah, I, I want to encompass this whole thing. So if you're at home and, and enjoying, you know, uh, the pre-recorded videos, that there, there's nothing that could beat what you don't know what's fixing to happen type of video. Yeah. And uh, the SBA guys, I, I, I think sure want to get out there and, and uh, try to do some live stream out there with them and that. Secret location. <laughs> Squatch Creek. <laughs> Top secret location. Top yep. secret location. GPS coordinates are. No. <laughs> it is. It is something. Uh, um, and you know, hey, I got to throw in this. Throw this in there too. There's a there's a car that went down in the off road trails and was coming by, and it was just crazy. I, I grabbed a bin and stuck it in front of that one track, and the lady, uh, the guy rolled down the window and was saying what, what we was doing. And, uh, and Shane said, we're casting animal tracks. The guy said, uh, would they be abnormally large in the shape of a human foot? <laughs> <laughs> and the lady leaned forward and says, yeah, we see tracks down here all the time. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that. That brought it home, you know. It was like, uh huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's pretty awesome. And, I, and I'm not thinking about my shirt says Texas Bigfoot Rangers with a silhouette. <laughs> Just tapping deer tracks down here. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth, Michael. Smooth. <laughs> you know, we're 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 still. We got bruised fists from fist bumping. You know, we're just still on our high, not thinking. You know, probably still drooling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably so. I mean, that's that's just awesome. That's a once and not a once in a lifetime thing for SBA, but for the rest of us, that's just you know something that you'll remember forever. Um, it's not a common occurrence. So it is. You know, I, um, I got my cherry pop on uh, badass. Oh, oops, track. 
<laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you ever accidentally cuss or say a bad word, um, anything more than but, you need to say sorry, Stephen. There's no cussing around Stephen. You just have to. <laughs> just sorry, yeah. Stephen. Like, I, I told him I was going to get a shirt because I can't stop myself. So I'm just going to get a shirt that says sorry, Stephen, and every time I cuss, I'll just point to it and keep talking. Um, <laughs> there ain't a yeah. better man than old Stephen Hill. The guy lives by the King Commandments. Oh, no. Yeah, he's just a great guy. Part Squatch, that's why. He's not human. He's just better uh, than us. That's why I call him Biggie from the Ron Moorhead sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, he said LOL, by the way. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, thank you so much for coming on tonight, Michael. I, I, don't, I, just want, I just want everyone to know that it has taken me since November 2019 <laughs> To get this man to come on the show, I know how great he is. Don't you didn't hear that though, Michael? You can just pretend you didn't hear that. Like we know how great he is, but he doesn't want the world to know. Um, he's a very humble individual, and until he got these tracks, along with everything else that he's done and gathered and heard and experienced, he refused to come on because he did not think he was worthy enough to be a guest on our show or to be a guest on anyone's show. He didn't think that he had anything of value, which we all knew to be wrong. So when he got these tracks, we pounced on it. Well, Dustin pounced on it and yep. asked him if he would finally be a guest <laughs> on our show. Um, so thank you, Michael. You're a good friend and we are very happy to have you as a fellow researcher out there fighting the good fight for us and getting out in the woods every single chance that you can. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, and honestly, it was all you had to do is have Dustin there. Oh, that is so <laughs> frustrating. I've asked you like 30 times. <laughs> that is so annoying. You're so mean to me. Uh, all right. Anyways. So, that was Michael Waldy, everybody. And again, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to have to have you back on sometime whenever you get some other monumental evidence that you feel is enough to have a show about. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's coming. Hell, I found five tracks just the other day. All right, Stephen. Hey, uh, before we go, uh, promote your, your group. That way people can come see your videos and watch your live streams. Oh, yes. well, hell, I figured everybody knew. Okay, yep. Take some Bigfoot Rangers. It's a private group. If you got stuff you want to share and stuff you want to see, it all stays inside there. So, yeah, come on in. Uh, it's a bunch of great people. Uh, I usually weed out the, the trolls and stuff, but it's a good, clean group. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so you guys um, go follow his uh, Facebook and his group, and he is going to be posting more and more stuff of him going out in the field, also him talking about his tech, his tech stuff, um, and he goes much more into detail on his videos 
upcoming videos. So that'll be really handy for all the people who understand what he's talking about. Um, I don't most of the time, but it's cool to watch. And um, so go check him out and follow Southern Bigfoot Alliance and Texas Bigfoot Rangers as they continue to go out there and gather evidence and report back. <clears throat> All right. So uh, I will talk, talk to you both later. <laughs> Do what? Needed Bigfoot Mary on there for her ending. Whoop, whoop, y'all. I know. I know. I need to just add her ending in there. It's better than Dustin's. Bye. So I'm going to have her record it and send it to me for sure. <laughs> All right. So I will talk to you two later, and everyone else will we'll be back next week with a brand new guest. And y'all have a great week. Stay safe. Goodbye, everybody. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Night Dollars Bigfoot Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.